my name is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 186 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode The Last Day of June Deep Dive, but I want to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m., so please go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the show, or you could subscribe to the podcast on either Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, or Spotify. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, you can write to me at GWGpod fellows at gmail.com you can also follow me on twitter at just little joe the audio for the podcast also hits monday morning at 7 a.m on youtube so if you want to go there and listen to the pod you can do that so please support me in those ways give me the likes the shares the uh all the stuff like that so um yeah if you uh are joining me this week you, you knew that you know that i played last day of june and this is like the deep dive episode and so what I want to do very quickly is um, I basically just I, I want to read some articles uh, very quickly about I, I got some from Psychology Today. I use them a lot on the pod because I like the fact that, you know, a psychologist that uh, maybe has experience in this area will talk about a subject and that it is reviewed by the other psychologists at Psychology Today before they publish it. So you get kind of this like peer reviewed article thing. I know there's other uh you know, websites out there and things, but I, I, I don't know. There's just something about, um, this, um, I just like this format. The articles are really easy to digest. They're short and they, uh, I just think they're amazing. Um, so the first one I want to talk about. So in the last days of June, if you don't remember, I did an early thing yesterday where I, um, I, well, not yesterday, but the last episode I did a thing where I talked about, you know, the last day of June. Basically, the two characters, Carl and June, uh, were involved in a car wreck. Carl was driving. June died. Uh, there's some stuff. I'm going to get into the spoiler thing about that. But he survived and is now in a wheelchair. So he's basically uh, experiencing survival's guilt, uh, survivor's guilt. And I wanted to read about that from Psychology Today and what that is, what survivor guilt is. And, you know... Uh, just a general overview of this. So I'm just going to read a little bit. This article is a little bit shorter. It's more bullet points of things to do to help with survivor's guilt. But I still think it's important to read. And if you don't know what survivor's guilt is, I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying that word. You may know a little bit about it after this article. Uh, this is called What Everyone Should Know About Survivor's, uh, survivor's Guilt. Uh, it was written by uh, Deanna Robb. And uh, it was reviewed by Abigail Fagan. It hit Psychology Today. It was posted on January 26, 2018. So a pretty f fairly recent article. Um, so sur survival's guilt is something that people experience when they've survived a life-threatening situation and others might not have. It is commonly seen among Holocaust survivors, war veterans, lung transplants recipients, airplane crash survivors, and those who have lived through natural disasters such as earthquakes, fires, tornadoes, and floods. In her Psychology Today blog, Nancy Sh uh, Sherman, PhD, describes uh, the phenomenon by saying the survivor's guilt begins with an endless loop of, quote, counterfactual thoughts that could have or should have done otherwise, though in fact you, you did nothing wrong, unquote. The symptoms of survival's guilt vary, but here's the... Here, but here are some possible clues that someone is experiencing it. These are all bullet points. Uh, having flashbacks, feeling irritable, having difficulty sleeping, feeling immobilized, numb, and or disconnected, being unmotivated, feeling helpless, having an intense sense of fear, 
experiencing physical symptoms such as headaches, stomach aches, and palpitations, having suicidal thoughts. In truth, it's not logical for someone to feel responsible for another person's fate, but guilt is not something we necessarily have control over. However, survival's guilt is a normal response to loss. Not everyone experiences this type of guilt, but it often a feeling that is difficult to shake. It's been said that the some people are more prone to it, such as those who have a history of depression and low self-esteem. Um, and then someone uh, in the blog talks about, as a resident of Southern California who has been through two natural disasters in the past two months, I, as well as others in my community, am experiencing an intense sense of survivor's guilt. Two different times, I had to evacuate two hotels, first from fires and then mudslides, but luckily my home was unaffected by Mother Nature. I believe that we... We, when we experience survival's guilt, it's a good idea to simply acknowledge it and call it what it is because it doesn't go away if, if one represses these feelings. It's not about healing the guilt so much as it's about shifting one's perspective and the passage of time can help immensely. In his book, Guilt, Shame, and Anxiety, P Peter Bregan suggested that the way to remove ourselves from negative thoughts and feelings and replace them with common sense, rational views, and love. Here's some of the coping tips if you, if you or someone you know has experienced survival's guilt. Give yourself time to grieve. Uh, if I've talked about anything on this podcast, I think that's probably the most important thing to, uh, and I think her therapy helped me a lot with that of, you know, before I went through the troubles, uh, well, after I went through the troubles before therapies, I didn't, my brain was in a weird place. I didn't know what was happening. And I think it's okay. You know, therapy has helped me identify the emotions that I had and what's going through my head and like how to process them and, you know, how, just how to communicate. Like, uh, especially my wife and I having to go to a couple's therapy. It's a good way to be able to say just like, there. there's so many times when I've said to my wife, I'm just going to say this and this is what this is going to sound like, but it's probably the wrong way to say it. And I guess at least uh, giving an asterisk onto what you're about to say may seem weird, but just stating your emotions plainly and saying, this is how I feel. And then going, oh, uh, wow, didn't know that. Okay, that is important, you know. Uh, the next bullet point, sorry. Consider thinking about who is responsible, if anyone. That's a big deal. You know, um, in the game especially, uh, the car accident is, I mean, it's a, it, it, it is an accident, you know. Uh, Carl is trying to steer out of, hurting someone else. Someone, someone's basically in the road. So he's trying to steer out of the road. It's rainy and there's an accident. So he was trying to do the right thing. He didn't know he was going to lose control of the vehicle and that June was going to die. Uh, but it seems like that's where he's stuck and that he feels, you know, that this is bad, that he, he's got these feelings. And I, I do like that. And he, and he does, you know, that the house is, I mentioned in the, the uh, early impressions that the house is, um, dark and drab. He's like out of food. You know, he gets up at night. He it looks like he's sleeping all day. He's got these normal things of survival guilt. You know, uh, the next bullet point is think about those who are close to you. Uh, think about those who are close to you and how they feel about the situation. Remind yourself that when you're given the gift of survival and feel good about it. Uh, try to be of service to something or someone or something. Remind yourself that you are not alone. Be patient. Uh, share your feelings with those you trust. Try to stick to a daily routine. Consider journaling your feelings and get professional help. The journaling thing I did in therapy, I journaled certain things and I've been writing. I've been writing a little bit more lately and it feels really good. And I need to keep doing that because it. Uh, my therapist at the time was always like, I can tell 
you know, you need to write more. It's a good outlet for you. And I, t I feel better when I do that. And I think journaling would help too, just to write down, even if you're not good with, you know, flowery descriptions or anything, it might help to actually like, just like this article bullet point out, like had, you know, interaction with coworker went terribly, you know, uh, messed up at work, you know, need to work on making it better, stuff like that. Maybe bullet, a, bu a bullet journal, as they call them, would help. Um, I don't know. It, it's helped me. Uh, and again, writing for me is therapy. So just doing stuff like that helps you kind of process your emotions. So yeah. And the next article I want to read is um, managing regret and guilt when you hurt someone, when you really hurt someone. Uh, Daniel Marston, PhD, comparatively speaking, he wrote this, it was posted on um, June 27, 2021, and it was reviewed by uh, Libya Ma, I think. Uh, and the key points of the article, guilt and regret are natural, but can t hold us back from doing things, make situations better for those we hurt. Working to move forward will help those we hurt. And the best response when we make severe mistakes. I Listen, this isn't like, I'm not reading this because, you know, June died uh, in the, uh, it, it, that that's the beginning of the game. She's dead. So he's not going to be able to make amends to June. But I think this wraps into the survival guilt thing of him. There's, he has to be, be okay with himself, basically, of I tried to do the right thing. I didn't know the outcome. I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, you know, I've been in car wrecks, not with people, but I've been in car wrecks and it's always near my home. Uh, it, it's happened twice. So not a big deal. It's happened twice. And I always think to myself, man, you know, if I was five minutes this way, if I decided to turn left instead of right, if I went one block down, like you can second guess yourself all that time and you have to kind of become good with yourself. Um, I'm just going to read some of this. Mistakes makes us make us feel terrible. Guilt and remorse are two emotions that typically follow making mistakes. They carry with them a lot of uh, emotional distress, impacting our ability to move on from bad outcomes. Other people will often try to make us feel better when we make mistakes, saying it's no big deal is one way people try to alleviate our pain from making mistakes. This too shall pass is another way people try to help us recognize the negative impact of what happened, uh, of what happened will end eventually, pointing out how... Uh, we may uh, pointing out how we may not be the only ones responsible for the mistake can also be a way of trying to help us feel better. But what if our mistake was a big deal? And what if the mistake was one that will have major repercussions for a long time? And, uh, and the one that was clearly our fault. What do we do then? Uh, what do we do then? Th this is the game, right? What, what do you do when you know, I mean, his wife died. So what do you do? Um, I'll continue with the article. I see people in therapy all the time face this dilemma. They know they messed up and know what they did hurt others. It may have been a bad business decision, ignoring a regulation that should not have been ignored, or not keeping close enough watch on a child. They may also have been engaging in an affair, revealing a secret that is never meant to be shared. When clients come in with these problems, they know they did something wrong and that they hurt others. They're not looking to be talked out of feeling responsible, within, but they do want to know what to do with their pain. If you think this uh if you think of this as our natural uh if you think of this from our animal nature why we feel strongly after a major mistakes and seem obvious animals are hardwired to react strongly to error this prevents them from making the mistake again a animals out in the wild with whom we share some behavioral patterns cannot afford to make major mistakes turn the wrong way when it's trying to escape a lion and you become lunch quick 
there are more obvious explanations why mistakes impact us so much, but it doesn't, but it does not say anything about how animals deal with mistakes. Animals respond quickly to mistakes as a way of avoiding them, but how exactly they respond can tell us even more handle major mistakes effectively. Um, Oh, here we go. I'm, this is going to talk about guilt. And then finally, there is a study of guilt for non-human animals. There hasn't been much studies done, uh, but but one was by Horitz in 2009, found that dogs tended to show signs of feeling guilt, primarily in response to how their owners acted. What was interpreted as dogs feeling guilt was actually a response to actual cues. Research like this supports that guilt often comes about by perceiving of how there's response to mistakes. And here's another bullet pointed list, but I like this. Own up to your mistakes and do not hide them. Allow yourself to feel bad, but also remind yourself that the only way you're going to make things better is to focus on moving forward. This is a big deal for me at work. Um, I think I'm pretty good at my job, but you know, every once in a while you make a mistake. And I was telling a coworker this and I was training him and I said, listen, everybody makes mistakes. I made a mistake. You decide I made a mistake. We have to fix it. But it's someone's actions towards fixing it that I have a problem with. If you make a mistake and don't care and walk away, uh, that's a problem. But if you want to sit down, work, say, I made a mistake, I, I screwed up, I'll fix it. To me, that is more important. Like we were at a job, it was uh, far away. Uh, I made a mistake, but I, we're going to go back. We have to go back, not just to fix that mistake. There's other things there. So while I'm there, I can fix my mistake. You know, I don't want to beat myself up about it too much because I know I'm going to go back and fix it. I have to talk to my uh, boss, basically the person running the project and say, listen, I screwed up can you order me this hardware and I can go fix it? And I, to me, that's important. The idea of you just saying, I need to do this. I need to do this. I have to go uh, fix this thing that I did. That is so important. Um, and I want more people, I wish more people would do that. Uh, number two on the bullet list, try to live in the moment, admit to yourself and others what you did and find every other way you can to make things better. That's kind of what I just talked about. Focus on what you can do right now to make things better. This includes finding ways to make your problems, uh, make up for the problems your mistake caused. Make clear to yourself and others that you're doing everything possible to learn from your mistakes. Use clear statements to those you hurt, showing that you, uh, what you know, what you did, how it impacted them and how, and how you will have to face the consequences. The more direct you are uh, and others and the more direct you'll have to be about what they expect from you moving forward. If you feel stuck, be directed about the feeling to those you hurt. Even if they do not know specifically what they expected, you, uh, even if they did not know what specifically they expect from you, it is still better to show that you're trying to move back. So yeah, maybe this is like a blindsided thing where you go to someone and say, hey, I'm sorry I did this. I'll try to be better. And, you know, we project a lot on people sometimes about what we think we're doing or whatever. And maybe in the game, Carl's projecting a lot on himself, you know, of like, what if I would have done this? If I would, like, kind of talked about it earlier, if I would have done this, if I would have done X, if I would have done Y, um, then, uh, you know, maybe things would have been different, but you can't do that. So I hope he doesn't. Uh, and, you know, I think with that, these are all really interesting questions. I hope more of this is kind of fleshed out in the game. I played it a bit more. It seems interesting. The only thing I'm afraid of is I like the abstract nature of the game, the fact that people in the game, the characters aren't talking. They're using like a simlish or a gibberish, like an Animal Crossing. Uh, I hope there's some kind of message conveyed, you know, to show what is happening. And, 
and I'm not saying you can't ever because I've all seen I've seen silent things before and been moved. I just hope that that will be able to come through at the end of the game. I hope I'm not wrong. So that's what these deep dive sections report to you know kind of come up with a thesis and check myself and hopefully this is the I mean I would love for the game to talk about this stuff. I think this stuff's kind of under the surface, but maybe it could be more overt or something like that. So you know I think with that I think that's it this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, yeah, next week we'll do a spoiler cast. I'll see if I was right. It's when I get to check myself and see if, uh, all these weird things I thought about the game when I'm playing and if I'm right or wrong, and I'll do a spoiler cast of the game, uh, last day of June. So I think, uh, that's it this week. Uh, but I want to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Please go there and let me know what you think of the show. You can also write to me at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Again, go there, write to me, let me know what you think of the show, what I can do to improve, things like that. Um, or you can uh, subscribe to the podcast, either Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, or Spotify. And the audio of the episode goes up Monday morning at 7 a.m. on YouTube the same day that it goes up on the, the uh, website. So if you want to go there, give me the likes, the subscribes, subscribe to the channel, watch the video. Um, and on episode 200, I'm going to be converting to a video podcast. It won't affect the audio, but you're going to see me staring into the mug of my webcam. So you can actually put a uh, face to the voice you've been hearing. Hopefully a while you've been listening. But with that, everybody have a good week, and I will talk to you guys again next week. <laughs>